Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Let's Have Coffee podcast, where I, your host, Brian Fleming, take you along for a journey into the minds of different mentors, friends, colleagues, and more, in which they exemplify some quality in which I would like to learn from. All of which of these go back to the values that I've mentioned in the preview episode, uh, as well as my website, thedailystribe.com. Today is no different. Today I'll be talking with James Thomas, better known as Buddy to my family and I. But he's an old friend of my parents as well as a mentor to me uh, for as long as I can remember, really. His company, Superior Planning, acts as an investment service, uh, whether that be financial planning, estate planning, life insurance options, and the list goes on. Our conversation today did not lead into any finances. However, if you want to learn more about his business, head to superplan.com. Today, Buddy and I kicked off our conversation at his kitchen table. It's pretty apparent that it was in a large room without microphones, so please bear with me uh, through any clanks of coffee mugs against the table, background noises, or either of us becoming faint. Um, I'm still in the process of learning the ropes as far as audio equipment is concerned, and I thank you for your patience. But moving on. Buddy and I had a fantastic conversation about a week or so before recording this podcast, in which uh, led him to getting onto the show. Buddy has played many roles in my life, anywhere from spiritual mentor to baseball coach back in the day. He was a teacher to me and just an all-around fascinating guy. Oh, and not to mention that he is 50 years older than I am, but he's just as lively as any other 20-something-year-old that I know. But without further ado, here is my conversation with Buddy Thomas. If you could give a huge, if you could have a huge billboard and it could say anything, it could be anywhere and millions or billions of people are going to read it, what would it say? I got about, there's about 30 things I would put up there with it. The main one for me, because that's what my focus is, is uh, pay attention to your family. Pay attention to yourself. Pay attention to your family. I like that. Can you explain? Yeah, well, first of all, you have to pay attention to yourself because uh, it's like the oxygen mask thing in an airplane. If you uh, if you don't put your oxygen mask on, you can't help anybody else. So take care of yourself as uh, do everything you can to uh, uh, take care of your mind and your body and your spirit. Mm-hmm. And get you get grounded. Understand that life is uh, uh, based on principles. And our principle is like gravity. That's a principle. You can't argue with it. It's there. So you you um, notice the principles, and then you notice which principles in um, uh, that are out there that you value most, and then you work on those to the point where you're doing everything that you can to uh, be a healthy you. And as and then you don't stop there. Where I, I think a lot of people do. Uh, the next place that uh, that to turn is to those around you, those who supported you while you were when you didn't know you were you were you. Yeah. You know, and then you start giving back because I believe the family is the uh, it's the, uh, uh, the the basic building block of our of our uh, society, of our um, civilization, 
And uh, nowadays, it seems like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, attention being paid to the individual and being an individualist and being all you can be. And uh, then uh, it seems that you, that leads you to turn in, uh, it turns into a game of you against the world uh, or you with the world, however you want to look at it. But I think the next step is to that family unit. And families are made all kind of different ways. It's just those who love you. Mm-hmm. So uh, give back to those who love you and help support them and do what you can to, to, to build and enrich that family unit. Yeah. So, family will be there no matter what. Well, they, uh, if you're all taking care of each other, that's, yeah. the, that's like your backstop. Because otherwise, you, you know, and we all have to hit, as uh, you, know, you and I were talking earlier, off the hit rock bottom alone. Yeah. But uh, once, once that happens, now you, you, uh, you build on a community that is, that is family. And, uh, and it's because they're there for so long. And it's because they uh, know you and you know them uh, that uh, uh, they, can, they can help and you can help them because you understand them and they understand you. So uh, the billboard would be take care of yourself, take care of your family. I love that. All right. I don't even have anything to add to that. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, and, and it's pretty cool because you got to witness it. I mean, we both have really nice families. And, yeah. You know, you uh, your parents came from solid families, mm-hmm. and my parents came from solid families, and we're passing the baton. So uh, and now it's it's on it was on uh, you know my parents and your parents' parents, and now it's the pad the baton is being passed to you. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's a uh, family values is something that hasn't been. Uh, I mean, it, uh, there was a there was a big push on uh, on uh, about family values, and you saw it in the news all the time, maybe forty or fifty years ago, and but nobody ever described it, and then it turned into kind of cliche, and haven't heard much about it, you know. But that's still the the uh, the building block of, uh, I think, the building block of everything that happened. Yeah. And, and as things start moving faster, as we get into this incredibly uh, rapidly growing uh, technological world that we're all in, it's going to be more important than ever because uh, it's going to be real easy to lose yourself into technology. Yeah. And, and, you know, so I don't even want to think about the implications if, if your family is AI. <laughs> can you imagine it no i couldn't that'd be crazy <laughs> yeah so that anyway that's where we're headed and that's why i think it's important um and so it's called the billboard companies and, <laughs> and get them to get the word out yeah <laughs> so something about family to me that i've always had a understanding is they're always there you know like they are your blood whether you disagree on a lot of things or not, it doesn't matter. You're, they're always ideally supposed to be there. Now, granted, they're always, they won't always be there. You never know. Yeah. And so I feel like something and you know, this, this plays into how your relationships with others are, but you have those people around you who you have that core unit, that family, that blood family, but then you have that slightly extended unit of the family that is, you know, your very closest friends and families or mentors or people around you who have spent the most time to really build up you in some fashion, regardless if it is going to help them or whatever, you know, they just did it through the, the beautiful tendencies that could be in their heart, you know? 
So for instance, like with you guys and my family, you guys have been a huge uh, inspiration or I, that's maybe not the right word, but just a huge motivator to be interested in like faith and, and Catholicism or really into understanding the attitude of gratitude. Like yeah, <laughs> I think I yeah. told you this last time we thought yeah. just the attitude of gratitude played the, a huge role in my life not in the super recent or not in the super far past, you know, relatively recent where I had to come back to that mentality. And if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't have ever like, you know, really been able to use that and, and actually move forward through some difficult times in my life, you know? So I feel like that family unit, that core one is always going to be there for you. And I talked to my you know, I talk to my parents about everything and my sister about a lot of stuff, you know, and I'm always there for them or I like to think I am, but the extended family, the slightly extended family, whether it's other relatives or also, you know, the friends and family that surround you, that also, I think, needs a lot of attention, you know? Well, that's, uh, I mean, you hit it right on the, right on the nose there. Um, gratitude is uh, gratefulness, right? Mm -hmm. And gratefulness can also be called appreciation. Yeah. And if you look at the other definition of the word appreciation, when you appreciate something, you add value to it. Mm -hmm. So if you're grateful for your family, then you're adding value to your family. Whatever you're grateful for, you're adding value to. So, you know, stock appreciates, right? Mm -hmm. It appreciates because a lot of people want to buy it and they put more money in it. And so they're paying attention to it. So the stock appreciates. Same thing goes with relationships. And family relationships are the closest because the family gets to see you at your at your best and at your worst. Mm -hmm. They they appreciate you because they love you. So the, the, the energy is love. And uh, so they love you, so they pay attention to you, so they appreciate you, and so you can grow in value. Now, uh, this is something I just uh, heard a, a couple years ago, um, that uh, a relationship has three parties to it. It's got, the, it's got you and me and our relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I pay attention to our relationship, you pay attention to our relationship, so we appreciate our relationship and our relationship grows. If one of us stops appreciating it, then the relationship have, has uh, doesn't have as much energy going into it. It's kind of hard for one person to keep it going, even though some people love each other, love the other person so much that they will they will try to keep the relationship going, even though they, they it, it may be costing them themselves. Yeah. They may be running their battery low. So a family is just a. a a series, a network of relationships, and I think that's where the, the synergy comes in because it's it starts with a uh, you know a, a two people, usually a husband and a wife, or now it's husbands and husbands, and I don't, uh, all the different configurations that you can have, but they they appreciate each other and they get it started, and then uh, either children come along, uh, they're adopted, or you have a friend that becomes part of your kind of family circle families are made in many different ways and it's not all about blood as you know both of our children uh, are uh, were adopted and um, uh, we couldn't love them anymore mm -hmm. we couldn't possibly love them any more than we do 
and uh, you can't have uh, too many people that genuinely love you. So, but it starts at that family unit level. Uh, you know, it could be people that are just thrust together, and they start out by sharing, you know, rent, and they don't necessarily have romantic love, but they could start their own little family. I mean, you can go over deep end too with these cults. Yeah. Where they get that, well, that that's where it gets overboard. And you don't realize, uh, or you don't pay attention to the to the bigger community that you belong to. But uh, family is like a, a pebble in the water, and, and that's the, the center of the pebble, and then it, it permeates from there. And you know, we got this great neighborhood that you and I live in, and mm -hmm. we've been lucky to grow up within you know a couple hundred yards. Yeah. You, you, you and our boys grew up a couple hundred yards from each other, and we got this cool little community, and then there's this this parish that we belong to that's a part of that, that bigger community, and then we live in this, you know, uh, a great uh, a great city, San Diego, and, and as long as you've been alive, it's been growing, mm -hmm. but it just all starts with that appreciation of uh, each other, which all starts with appreciation of who you are mm -hmm. as an individual, so... The epicenter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, I'm I'm reading a, a book right now. It's a, it's a brand new book that just came out. It's called Capabilism. Capabilism. Yeah, by a guy by the name of Dan Sullivan, who I've known for over 20 years. And um, uh, his whole well, one of his uh, the name of his company is called the Strategic Coach, and he's been uh, helping entrepreneurs uh, develop their unique ability. Mm -hmm. And his, uh, uh, his concept that he's developed is that we each have this unique ability, so we're each capable of doing something else, of something something very well, not something else, but we're each capable. We, we each have a specific kind of a kind of a formula of capabilities. You know, we can like in your case, you're 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 capable. You're very capable of making podcasts. <laughs> you know, and it's, you didn't even know you could do that, but yeah. now you have that capability. And then you have these other capabilities, like uh, you're you're uh, uh, understand diet. You know, and so your your unique capabilisms, uh, you develop those, and I'm over here and I'm developing mine, and I've gotten into family dynamics and family money, and um, uh, uh, you know let's say open adoption. So I've got these capabilities. And as long as I'm working on mine and you're working on yours and our capabilities are compatible, then when we get together, now we synergize. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, it just, uh, you know, it's, it's good for you. It's good for me. It's good for the world. Yeah. You know, so, uh, but it all starts back with developing your own capabilities. And that's why I really like your, your concept here of intentionality because, once you discover what your capability, you don't even have to find out who you are. Yeah. Because if you're trying to find out who you are, you spend your whole life trying to find out who you are, and then you're going to start. You know, it's not like that mm -hmm. doesn't make sense. But if you're good at something and you're developing that capability, and you're good at something else, now all of a sudden you have two things that that you would be hard pressed to find anybody else that has just those two things. Yeah. And then if you just work on those, now you're being intentional about your own development, and then you got your oxygen mask on so you could turn and start helping other people. So I love that. The uh, something that I'm a little confused about. So let's say it was like those capabilities. Mm -hmm. So for me, capable like I'm capable of going for a run. I'm capable of making an omelet. I'm also capable 
of crashing my car into a tree. Like, so what is, I guess, the differentiation between like, is it is it more about what you are good at or what you are just able to do in general? It's it's the it's what you're good at, and that's it's, okay. a, it's a it's a unique ability. Mm-hmm. It's something that you can excel at. Like you know, like uh, uh, my son George is just a very capable. Uh, musician yeah um and he loves it mm-hmm. and he's spending a lot of time uh developing that there's a another a guy in our neighborhood that was uh about your age and george's age and uh i had a baseball in the backyard and and a, and a couple of gloves and he was over here and i said come on let's play catch and he started throwing the uh throwing pitches and this kid could put the ball anywhere, and it was just effortless for him. And I'm and I had been working with our, our other son earlier that day, and uh, he couldn't uh, he couldn't get the ball over the plate. So uh, hey, George, I got your pickup Isaac from the answer. I got your text. Sorry, I forgot. And to never to answer, yes, you need to do that before I leave town. When do you leave town? I leave either the tenth between the tenth and twelfth, tenth to eleventh, twelfth. Oh, perfect, because I'll be gone shortly after you. So. Perfect. Sometime next, next week. Awesome. Hi, Okay. So uh, I had been working with uh, our, our other son, and, I mean, one out of three he was getting over the plate. Good athlete. But uh, this other kid, I said, you ever think about playing baseball? Because not interested. So he was very capable. Yeah. He would rather go fishing. Yeah. And today he's, like, uh, running some kind of fishing uh, excursion business. Really? Baseball wasn't it, so he was capable of throwing that baseball, and he was, I mean, there was some talent there, because I'd, I'd coached a lot of kids in baseball. You coached me in baseball. Yeah, right, right. So, uh, and and he, he was really rare, right, but he just had no interest in it. Yeah. So, I hope that answers your question, because we all have capabilities, but there's some that, that, that kind of light us up, and, and we go, now, I could spend all day doing that, you know, like. Like you were telling me about some podcasts that you can listen to and you, you've been listening to because you're interested in it. Mm-hmm. So uh, capabilism is, the, I don't know, it's a, the root word is ability. But the um, um, if you go beyond that, it's a unique ability, something you're really good at. And then you go beyond that and it's something you have a passion for, a unique ability. And it's something that you can effortlessly devote your life to. Uh, to uh, working on and developing and pursuing yeah 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 that's some that's like a great way to think about it because so i think the book is called like strength finder 2.0 or yeah. something yeah. so i've heard a ton of things about this book right. i've also seen it on multiple people's bookshelves yeah. i've never read it myself yeah but from the premise that i've gotten from others it's like the same deal as like yeah. you have your strengths use them you know like really embrace them and use those to kind of excel you. Have you read that book? Yeah, actually I didn't. So did the guy that wrote Capabilism, Dan Sullivan. I mean, we both did, did the strength finder at the same time, probably. It was sometime back in the nineties. And, uh, the original one? Yeah. 1.0. Yeah. And he showed, he showed, uh, you know, there was a group of us and we all kind of shared what our strengths were and, and it's good for finding your capabilities, but like the kid, with the baseball, you know, if you're not interested in it, yeah, or you can't get fired up about it, and then you go, okay, not now, but at least you know it's there, and at some point in the future, it's kind of a, 
a nice shiny tool in your toolbox yeah. that you know I, I don't need that right now but uh, you have it you have it and you yeah. know you have it and uh, maybe you, you go cycle through and nothing works out and you go well maybe let me take a look at this thing and yeah whammo you're a major league pitcher throwing 95 mile an hour curveballs you know oh my gosh <laughs> it's like uh, Trevor Hoffman yeah well Trevor Hoffman see now he had a unique ability he could throw a, a fastball and a and a changeup, which is a slow ball. Yeah. And you couldn't tell the difference in his in his windup. You which never, is why he was good. Yeah, you never knew it was coming out of his hand, but he worked on that forever. He had a real routine. Yeah. Yeah, that guy had a real routine. He's in the Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, he just got inducted. Yeah. Did you watch that at all? Did you see that? I, I didn't get to see it. I saw some snippets of it, but I remember someone telling me about his routine back when we used to get out and watch him him play. Uh, and I mean, he would show up. Like warm up. Well, uh, if the game was at seven o'clock, he's there. Every, he's there at three thirty. Okay. And oh, was, so he's an early bird. Yeah. Well, but there's a certain sequence that he would go through because he knew when he was a closer. So he knew that when he came, uh, it was time for him to go. Which game, is like nine thirty or yeah, ten. Yeah. So game, he's game. like seven hours of preparation, pretty much. Yeah. Well, the game was on the line. Yeah. But he had to have his head in the right place to go in and not let it bother him and know just what he was going to do so he could work only with his unique ability. So, and he would take a shower at a certain time. He would do certain stretches. And then they had this whole ceremony when he would walk onto the field. He, he had his theme song, which was Hell's Bells. And, Love that. and uh, the stadium was a brand new stadium and they would have fire on all the screens and he'd come out the other, I mean, if the other team wasn't intimidated, uh, you know, it he, would, you know, he knew yeah. it was coming, you know, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> he, uh, so I remember this vividly. So he was the first pitcher to hit the 500 save mark yeah, and the 600 save oh. mark. He retired at 601 <laughs> with the Brewers, even though he was like 20 years with, I don't know how many years yeah. with the Padres. But I remember I was at the game where he, I think at the time the record was like, for something yeah. like four high fours. Yeah. I was at the game where he got one below the record. I was at the game where he tied the record. Huh. I was at the game where he passed the huh, record. Dude. And then I was at the 500 game. Wow. And I was like, I feel like I've seen the all. And then later he hit six. But yeah. like, I remember at that time, and this is like maybe eight years ago now or yeah. six, seven years ago. I was like, I've hit all of his goals. I was at all of them. Yeah. I, that makes me a true fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a true fanatic when you do that. You show up and you're there for those. But uh, and I think that was honestly just kind of luck that I hit all three: the one before, well, the one yeah. during, and the one after. It didn't hurt your parents or baseball fans. Well, yeah, but I also <laughs> went with friends. Like well, I had yeah. friends that were to baseball, and we went like the next day or something. But the uh, one of the really cool things about all that is it didn't just happen. That's mm -hmm. not sheer talent. This gets back to intentionality. Yeah. He intentionally wanted to be as good as he could possibly be. Yeah. And he wasn't he wasn't looking to hit to set those records. Well, he definitely wasn't because he started his career as a shortstop. Yeah. And then he completely did not perform, and he was just like, or who I don't remember which coach it was, but it was just like, well, you have a strong arm. Let's see how you do at pitcher or like relief. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So I think if, if that's not a testament to just the fact that like following a single capability, that to me is what it sounds like. It's like 
He's yeah. a capable baseball player, first yeah. of all, but noticing that single of like he can throw really, really well, regardless of it's the fact that he can't like be agile. You don't need to be as agile when you're just launching rockets down yeah. home plate. But, yeah, so that's where those unique abilities, a strength finder is good because it'll give you an indicator, but a unique ability can be that specific. In his case, it was, yeah, he had a good arm. And yeah, he had control, but the fact that his unique ability, one of his uh, most important ones, if we're getting down to physical, mm-hmm. really nitty gritty, is that his delivery was identical either way. And it would just, I mean, because the, the batter only has a split second to make a decision as to what's coming. And there's uh, not much thinking, there's it, more just yeah, swinging. And, and, well, you, but, but they've developed their ability. Mm-hmm. To see and uh, and uh, and find the ball and and put it where they want to put it, so uh, uh, it's really f- uh, fascinating that how specific his was. Plus, he was a big guy, and and the way he delivered it was a that his foot went up higher than his head, and it just you had really. I forgot he had the <laughs> he had the real like stretched out like yeah. knee to his like pretty much guarding his face yeah. sort of delivery. Yeah, because you couldn't see his arm yeah. until the last minute because his whole body was in the way. But he developed that that tiny specific unique thing, and he worked on it over the years. But to to go back to the fact that he kept developing that capability uh, rather than trying to break records. Yeah. And and that's where you used the word uh, uh, earlier, you used the word striving. Mm-hmm. And if you're striving to have an impact on something outside yourself, you're, uh, you're uh, uh, pretty much setting yourself up for frustration. Mm-hmm. But if you're, you're striving or working on developing what you have and making it as as good as possible and then looking for other people who have compatible abilities like on in in his case i mean he couldn't get those saves if he didn't have the other other eight players on the team around him correct yeah and a lot of times where you throw the ball depends on where the ball goes so mm-hmm. you know you got all that well, who's that plate on. yeah all that good, where this guy hits it and where my guys are right now so there's just a lot that goes into it but and you can't get that kind of uh, you can't get that kind of precision and that kind of depth in your strategic and tactical thinking unless you spend time working on it and, and seeing what the implications of this ability are mm-hmm. so uh it's uh, it's it's this it's this balance of focusing on your stuff and what you can do, but also focusing on how it interacts with the world around you, and um, that's a, a, a if you just think of those two things, I'd imagine that that would be uh, a, a balanced intentionality. That's a great way to put it. I love that. Well, you're inspiring me, man. Dude, thank you. <laughs> you inspire me. <laughs> the interview is inspiring me. Um, turn back a little bit. I wanted to segue into, you mentioned uh, the capabilities, but what is it called again? Capabilism. Capabilism. Yeah, it's a new, coined a new phrase. Coined a new phrase. And then you also have the Yogi Code. Yeah, that's the, it's a book my, my wife just gave me recently. Yeah. It's, it's called the Yogi Code Written by and it's this uh, this author Yogi Kim. Haven't read the book yet. 
just read the introduction in the first chapter and looked at the back that has the, the seven universal laws of infinite success. So, uh, but what, what you and I were talking about is these seven laws, uh, actually, um, the fourth law is intention. So, uh, you know, this is, uh, uh, this, this is thousands of years of humans developing their abilities and uh, uh, interacting with each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the premise of the book, Capabilism, is that the whole human race is a system of capabilities that are interacting. And that capabilism overrides everything that, uh, every other ism that there is. So we live in a, a capitalism. We use capitalism, but it's supported by capitalism. Communism is supported by the capable capabilities of the people in, in that set up socialism is the same way. So uh, the, the author's premise is that capableism is the overriding ism to all the other isms. And once you realize that if we're all working on what are developing our unique abilities and how they fit into uh, whatever society we're in, then uh, we can all be all that we can be. And if we're not, then and we're striving to do something that's outside of ourselves and we're ignoring our own capabilities, then that's what leads to, you know, depression and anger and wars and suffering in the human condition. So, um, yeah, there you go. Love that. The, uh, so part of that, I brought that up and whatnot is, do you have any book or books that you've, given out as gifts and why like what's the book or books that you've given out as gifts the most let's say and why well the the first book that i actually gave out because we have a client base and we try to we try to uh, uh do whatever we can to uh every year to show them how much we appreciate them we have a family appreciation event where we take all the clients to it uh, uh was the power of now by um forget who wrote that book anyway that was it was on oprah's list back in the uh 90s the power of now and i can't believe i can't remember the guy's name um but that book uh was just about being present and uh it it flows right in with the yogi code and mm -hmm. with uh, a lot of uh, uh these concepts that we're talking about right now as just we talk, they're all, all the mystics are talking about the same thing, and, and uh, uh, the power of now is no different. There's another book by uh, Anthony DeMello called uh, Awareness, and uh, it's once again it's about being aware of who you are and what you're doing, and um, uh, and there's been a number over the years, but those are the two that pop into my pop into my mind right now. These are the kind of books that, uh, if you can get them on, on uh, audio, I, I like to. You just turned me on the podcast this morning, so I'm going to start doing podcasts <laughs> now. But, but I've been listening to books. I stopped listening to talk radio, jeez, uh, maybe ten years ago, and I can't tell you how many books I've been able to. Audio books. Yeah, audio books. Just driving back and forth to. 
work. work yeah. yeah, I love that yeah. that form for books yeah. too, because yeah. especially nowadays, you know, I'm 21, right? My attention span is piss poor compared to my elders. I'm not saying you're elderly, but yeah. uh, I, I your am. son would say you're elderly. <laughs> I am, and. And I have no attention span. I've always had no attention span. So if you give me a book, uh, it, 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 I, I'll fall asleep. Yeah. Three or four pages and I'm sleeping. They're when good. I, they're a really good way to yeah, fall asleep. When, when I picked this Yogi Code book up, I, I, it, it was 10 minutes and I was sleeping. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, but, so that that idea to me, because yeah. I love podcasts too. I love the audio form. Yeah. I And I do really well uh, digesting information when it's audible. Uh I've, you know, I listened to maybe three or four books in the last four months or five months uh, on audio, and I've started a number of books in person, but I've finished zero of them. Yeah, how about that? And that's been like, for instance, one of the books that I list or have like in person, I'm like six chapters in, it's like a 20 chapter book or something like that, 20 something chapter book. And I started it last July <laughs> and, and like, but I just, it's more about like having to physically pick it up and stuff. It's the luxury of pressing a button, having it play into your ear. It's fantastic. Yeah. And sometimes I do have to go back and re-listen to things because you zone out or whatever, but otherwise you're, you know, reading, you might, you, you have to be static. You can't be doing other things. And I like audiobooks and podcasts for the, you, the luxury of being able to walk or run or you know, yeah. be cleaning or whatever it may be that you can digest that information while your body is doing something else, you know? Yeah, yeah no, it's, 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 it's fantastic. Um, sometimes when I uh, really like a book, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get the hard copy and I get them now in, in Kindle mm-hmm. so that I can go back over and, and if there's a particular chapter that intrigued me and I wanted to get deeper into it, I'll just pull that up or if there's a list of things that I'd like to go and, and get a little deeper into, I'll, I'll do them both. And then uh, beyond that, this is my my little routine that I go through for really getting into books. I use Evernote as my uh, you know kind of my notepad for everything I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the heck, I have it with me all the time with the phone. I'll go into Evernote and and open up a notebook with that book in it and, and put some of the highlights right there so that I can go and retrieve it because I do, you know, I do a little one minute video series and I've written a couple books and I'm always looking for uh, uh, content and ways to put things together. That's a, uh, I, I read somewhere where they, that, that's called the synthetic creativity where you take one idea from one person and another idea from somebody else that don't look related and you can put the two of them together and, and mesh it into mesh something it. That's, that's synthetic creativity is a, a label i heard somebody put on it so i like to do that in, in, in writing my own stuff and creating my own content i love that because that's the best way that you can i just sidebar for a second yeah. and i my brain works this way where i just get distracted yeah like your son but and the, me, and me and you yeah well, good luck with finishing this on time i mean and... oh, I know. we don't have to go for the way too no no but i mean just finishing your period oh i know the uh <laughs> i love that i just noticed as a mannerism that i'm gonna have to work <laughs> i said that a lot today already yeah. um somebody the podcast list i was showing you all the ones i listened to 
um, Tim Ferriss is uh, the one I've been listening to mm -hmm. a lot recently. And I've been listening to him for over a year now, but the I've been bulk listening to him a lot recently. His most recent book is called Tribe of Mentors, and it's uh, 11 questions, because he does a podcast, and he's a good interviewer and all that. So his like compilation of all his interviews that he's done, hundreds of interviews, he's taken like the best 11 questions that he found to be the most relevant to him. And he just like email blasted them to the best of the best people also. So like his podcast has top tier names in it. Right. But he sent them to even more best of the best people in their respective fields. And I'm blanking on names right now, but like Terry Crews or like famous actors of all like uh -huh. Joseph Gordon Levitt, or it could be famous writers or, unknown writers that are really really have a huge impact or business people same thing um and so he's like he just email blasted those 11 questions to everyone he's like you can answer you know if you can answer three to five that'd be great if you want to answer all of them that'd be better you know um and just send me your responses back and he sent it to i don't know how many people but he got like 130 back and he just made a fat book of it which i have <laughs> but it's literally like the whole book is pretty much written by everybody else. Yeah. And he did all the editing. Yeah. Um, and insert his little splurbs and whatever. But I was like, that's the best way to do that grabbing of collections yeah, and just man. push it out there. But that's it's it's people that are really good at what they do. And for him, the whole premise of that book is to answer, have p these mentors answer just questions that he's curious about. So that's like part of, the reason why I did this podcast is one of the inspirations. Some of my questions are questions from that book. Uh -huh. um, just like the question I just asked you about one to th one or more books that you gifted yeah. the most. Um, Cause that idea of like having any of those mentorships and whatever, you can just pick and pull and, and find what's been the most relevant to you just fascinates me because it's such an easy way that I think, especially nowadays people don't, utilize we don't utilize like the knowledge of our mentors of the people around us enough we're so consumed in our phones or in, in our own thoughts and like what we think is right rather than listening to the people around us who have gone through stuff and we can push that knowledge forward into our daily actions you know yeah and so i thought about this the other day as well uh and you kind of touched on this earlier is like the family values thing right that's something that 50 years ago was at the epicenter of everything. You know, you, especially like my parents grew up in the Midwest, right? So 50 years ago, they were young children, but their families were booming. Everything was about doing stuff with your family. It was all about like, how can you, how can your family succeed financially or how can they succeed emotionally? How can we get our kids not to be screwed up, which is still a thing now people are always worried about money or emotions, et cetera. But it was so much more of working as a family unit and taking the knowledge from your grandparents as help or your aunts and uncles and all of that, that knowledge that you have around you and that community of family members and using that knowledge to push you forward. But nowadays people don't speak to their parents very much, or at least kids my age, they, they neglect that knowledge that they could be getting from others which is exactly why I'm doing this podcast. I don't want to be 
that young guy that's neglecting all of this knowledge and wealth of of infinite wisdom that I have around me with people like you or my neighbors or whoever it may be, right? So I, I find that to be extremely fascinating that people, especially my age, don't get, I don't think. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's hard. It's hard because uh, back 50 years ago, uh, you really didn't have the connection to the rest of the world that we all have today. So, you know, when something went wrong, you, you came home with a, you know, you bruised your knee mm -hmm. and, your, and your dad told you, well, did you look where you were going? You know, yeah. so that was, you know, that was his wisdom. And your mother said, well, here's how you, you fix that. You know, I used to go the traditional the old way of things kind of, we thought that they happened back then. But um, so today with all this knowledge that's beyond the family and because you're intimately involved with your your family or members, you know all their weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And you, because you know them, their weaknesses are glaring at you, their strengths you take for granted. So you look outside and you go, well, those people over there are smarter than, than my family, so why should I even pay attention to them? And you're right, they're, they're blown right past any of the, the capabilities of their family that are, that are unique to them. And they're discounting the intimacy that you have. And you think because you're seeing something on Instagram or something that you're being in, intimate with that person. But let's face it, it's all kind of staged. They don't send you the worst pictures. You know, they send, no, you, the best they send ones. you the best ones. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're standing next to the Rolls Royce or something. And who knows whose <laughs> it is. But anyway, uh, 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 so you, it all looks better. The grass looks greener. I mean, mm -hmm. there's, an, there's an old an old adage. But um, uh, uh appreciating that's where we come we come back to appreciating your uh, those around you and what their strengths are and how they match up and that's why uh this it's important to look for those folks with not only the capabilities but we talked about the passion and the the interest and the passion mm -hmm. that are are similar to yours and how you can synergize so uh uh because if if you want to be like somebody else, you're not working on yourself. So if the grass looks greener and you want to be like that, you're not discounting who you are and what you have. Mm -hmm. So you can't, it, it's really counterproductive. Mm -hmm. uh, so now I forgot where we were starting. So <laughs> it's a happens. continuous yeah, thing. That's what happens. But so that's something that I feel like I've struggled with a lot recently is especially you know, with social media, et cetera, I had uh, actually a year ago now. Yeah. It was August sometime before I went back to school, deleted almost all my social media, like Facebook. And I, I didn't use Twitter, but I got rid of that. I still had it on my phone. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, et cetera. I had the, took those all off my phone, except for Snapchat. Cause I liked using it. And I didn't feel like that was adding to FOMO. Do you know what FOMO is? Oh, uh, yeah. If you're missing out. Yeah. So yeah. I felt like that was that's, adding that's to that. That's not a new thing, by the way. Oh. It, that's a, it's not new, but it's so it's present now. Yeah, it's prevalent. Yeah. Everybody is, like, my age is struggling with that in yeah. some fashion. Yeah. Whether they, you know, whether it's, it's minutia things, like, they get annoyed by 
their friend didn't call them last night and they realized they went out and did something or whether it's like bad where it could be like body issues and it could be you know my friends all live over here and I moved away because I'm trying something amazing but like I'm I'm trying to develop myself or do whatever and then they're all doing the same old thing but that same old thing is allowing them to all be together and you're like ah you know like I'm missing out on that and so I like the way that I coped with those sorts of feelings is I I had just had to get rid of all of it, you know? And so now I, I got rid of Snapchat too. So my phone has been, uh, you know, social media free for, I don't know, like completely social media free wow. for months, but like almost a year of pretty much no social media. And every time I do every once in a while, like every two months or so, go back on and like, I'll check something. As soon as I get on, it's like miserable. It, it's, it's, it's not even, it's, and but literally it's it's not like like oh like i like okay i get it you went out you did this you did that it's like you see stuff and you're just like why am i not doing that like why don't i have that six pack or whatever you know it doesn't matter like anything you just immediately start being like why am i not doing those things and in a split second you went from months of none of that thought process to blast, 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 blast of all this thoughts going in your head. And you're just like, this is why I got rid of it. Yeah. Immediately, immediately uninstall it. And I just, and I go a few more months and then I'll be like, I forgot about this. I'll go back on. Same thing. Boom, 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 boom. I'm just like, can't, can't do it anymore. Can't do it anymore. Well, it sucks you in. It It sucks you in. It sucks you in and out of yourself. However, there's a, there's a good side to it too. And uh, back in the, uh, wow, I don't know how long ago this was, but it was long enough ago that it was a VHS tape. I was around. <laughs> I've been around with those. So it was in the, but I think the, the concept came up in the, uh, the initial concept. Somebody wrote about it uh, in the 70s, and then they made this tape in the 80s or 90s. And um, uh, it was called The Global Brain. And uh, uh, there's a lot of writing about it now. They're, they're, they're talking about, uh, well, anyway, rather than get off track, the global brain is that the, the thought was, and there was no internet back in the 70s. It was just that the phone lines were finally reached around the world. Mm-hmm. And they talked about how we're all interconnected. And then the internet came along, and now everybody's carrying it around in their hands. So this global brain, and they, they projected this hockey stick um, uh, uh, logarithmic growth that logarithmic yeah growth of intelligence you know more exponential log, or log expo- yeah. exponential growth so uh where you know as, as when things double they just keep doubling and doubling so yeah. to the point where the doubling turns into a vertical line yeah so every couple of years that'd be exponential get, yeah, yeah every couple of years you get twice as much and then it just goes straight it up it just becomes an asymptote actually technically there's no asymptote uh, you know an asymptote that's is where, that's where the line will never cross that that yeah. point it'll just get infinitely closer, infinitely closer. Yeah. yeah so technically so, it's like that, so so they yeah. were they, they called that back in the 70s that this was going to happen uh-huh. this global brain was going to happen the singularity yeah is this what you're getting to yeah yeah so it's good it's uh well the singularity i think is when ai passes us. ai and, and uh, human intelligence 
Combine? Combine. Oh. That's what I understand it. Now, it could be different. Oh, I, I thought that like, maybe I, I yeah. could be wrong, too. Yeah. But I, are you talking yeah. about when they pass us pretty much then? Is when, like, we're, let's say, at mark, you know, 17 or whatever, yeah. and they get to, like, 17.2, you know, AI. AI. Like, is that yeah. what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. They well, finally it's pass where, us they, on where, that they, curve? where they meet. Right? Yeah. Singularity. I think that's the way I understand it. So, who knows? Sure. But anyway, we're, we're, here we are. We have this global brain, and, and uh, I think what, you know, all those social media things you talked about were the, the rudimentary aspects of that, the yeah. social aspects of that that appeal to your, oh, I want to do that in this FOMO thing. But um, uh, the, the, the unique ability thing is you're, if you're looking for like-minded people that have compatible abilities that, that match up with yours mm-hmm. and you are now synergizing and you have that same passion and there's this network of people that are just focusing on those things that where they can contribute mm-hmm. rather than suck you in, which would be the opposite of contributing, whatever that is. Taking. Taking, yeah. 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 They, they would be sucking it out instead of you putting it in. Then uh, that's where uh, we actually have a, a shot at everybody being all they can be mm-hmm. by taking care of themselves, put on their oxygen mask first, take yeah. care of yourself and take care of your family. And then families can start taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to bring this thing full circle, but we have these fantastic tools now where uh, technology is just, it's just remarkable, but you can't, we well, can't, I guess you can, but it's not a good idea to think that you can be what all those other people are. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I grew up in Ohio, you grow, your parents grew up in Iowa. Uh, everybody in Ohio and Iowa couldn't move to California. No. You know, yeah. so, and they thought, all thought we were crazy, but we came here because there were more like-minded people like us that wanted to do whatever the heck we're doing out here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons that, uh, you know, like uh, George, our, uh, our, our son, the musician, he went to school in New Orleans and he realized, you know, he didn't really like New Orleans or the, or the, the situation there compared to California life. But there were the like-minded people there, and he met these other folks that mm-hmm. he's now in a band with, and and uh, he's got some other people that he's working with. But they're all kind of on the same wavelength as him. So he's taking his abilities and he's matching them up with other people's abilities. Mm-hmm. And uh, a band is a is a great um, uh, analogy. Yeah. You know, because it's these people that come and they play different things, but when they get together, they make this fantastic music. I mean, look at the. Look at the Rolling Stones. Right? Yeah. yeah, they've been doing it for all those years. And, but uh, uh, so, huh? there we go. <laughs> Little interruption there. Okay. Anyway, um, uh, so a band is an analogy uh, in the family, and there's all these different uh, groups of uh, intentionality where we're all trying to do the, you know, to, to to work together on the same thing. But Today, what we have is the uh, the media to do it, mm-hmm. the social media, and I think we're in the early stages of it. So, I mean, here you're probably one of the first college age kids or among the group of the early adopters that said, "I'm out." Mm-hmm. You know, just like my contemporaries, a lot of them still listen to the talk radio, and I said, "You know, 
You're I'm out. out five, I'm out. Ten years ago. Yeah. You've been off that game. Yeah, I've been out. So because you, you I, I, I knew that I, I just I would feel spent. I'd drive from my house to my office, and I'd get there, and I was tired because of all the emotional and, and intellectual uh, ideas that, that people were talking about and all fired up about that I could do nothing about. Mm -hmm. So I decided to turn back and focus on, uh, you know, working on listening to uh, audiobooks. audiobooks and and, uh, and then actually a lot of time in silence too. Yeah? Yeah, because you have to process this. How long is your drive? It drives about a half an hour. Okay. Because it gets, it gets longer every day because of the traffic. Because we're in California. Yeah, <laughs> it just gets people worse. People keep coming, yeah. And nobody wants to leave. <laughs> it's a vortex. People just yeah. keep... Yeah. And nobody wants to ride with anybody else because they want to listen to something different. <laughs> I know. But we, yeah. And we wonder why we have greenhouse and gases. They, yeah, yeah, and then they want to leave when they want to leave. So it's pretty funny how the cars are getting bigger and there's still only one person in them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a fantastic uh, way to... Uh, really get information from the outside and then take the time to process it and see how it integrates in your own life mm -hmm. so that you can make yourself better so that when you go back out, you can, that's another thing, you're, when, when you make yourself better and you're working with other people that are working on their capabilities, you're helping each other because you're working together like George and his band. I mean, you know, somebody comes up with an idea and uh, you know they come up with a tune, and then somebody else comes up with some lyrics, and then one somebody adds some other lyrics in, and then it, it, you got the Rolling Stones, you know, at some point. Yeah. You know, or you're you're, you're reaching a whole bunch, you're reaching a whole bunch of people. I got a whole another uh, uh, theory that I that George kind of introduced me to uh, that I've been thinking about, and it's that uh, music uh, may be uh, or it is a language. Mm -hmm. but, I, I'd agree with that strongly. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, if you if you take it out far enough, if you think about it, uh, it, it, I can see how, as we get to singularity, the computers are are operating in X's and O's, but if we can communicate through something as uh, malleable as music, that may be. Uh, how we keep pace ahead with the, of them. With the, uh, we keep pace, at least keep pace, or, or we keep ahead of the AI because we'll be able to communicate with music. Uh, and I, it'll take a while, I think, before you get computers to communicate. That's uh, fascinating to me. Yeah, that's something. Yeah. That just hit me when George and I were driving back from school because he had, he was, he, we were listening to John Mayer interviews, mm -hmm. we were listening to the podcast. And uh, the John Mayer, what a genius. And he, the way he was talking about music and then he'd play some of his stuff and the way he talked about each song is like a child to him. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then you could see that he would not release something until it was perfectly what he wanted to communicate. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the thought hit me that maybe, you know, we're just at the beginnings of that as a, as a communications medium. That's that's that like kind of blows my mind a little bit, but that's that's really interesting because I and I could see how George would make this a point. Yeah, because he because George it, lives in music. He, he breathes it. Yeah. Everything in his being is musical. Yeah, yeah. But that's uh, that 
I, I need time to comprehend that too. Yeah, turn the podcast off in your car. You Monday when I'm driving. Because I got to. When are you running? True, I got a long run tomorrow, yeah, so I'll do go. that. Which I don't like running without music usually, but I'll make it work. Well, for there tomorrow. you go. Yeah. Well, no, maybe while you're listening to music, that's another thing. I found myself, and I was a Pink Floyd guy back in the old days, and I, I saw Pink Floyd like eight times, and I was listening to them all the time. And I would never think about Pink Floyd when I was listening to their music. Mm-hmm. My mind was always doing its own thing. It was always processing, you know. And, yeah. and I, uh, one night, I, I, uh, there, was a, there was a total eclipse of the, of the moon uh, in Ohio. And I was home that night, and it was a it was a clear night. It was a full moon, and I we didn't have iPods back then, so I opened the doors on my car, and I had speakers in the doors, and I turned up the Dark Side of the Moon album and sat <laughs> in a lawn chair and watched the eclipse of the moon. Oh it my was, gosh! It was uh, it was a spiritual experience. It yeah. was just amazing. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, when uh, listening to music. Your brain goes to my brain goes to a different place, mm-hmm. and it goes to a place where you you know you try to explain it to somebody the next day, and it's like don't have the medium. Yeah, you know I can't get it across, or or they don't know you well enough to you know to, to hear what you're talking about. But uh, so I'm 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 bullish on humanity and AI. Yeah, because I think God put a lot of stuff in us that we don't even know is there. Mm-hmm. And we have all this, these distractions that are out there that we have to choose. We have free will. We have to choose which ones are we going to work with and which ones aren't we. And this, the reason this capabilism thing is, is so fascinating to me is that, well, it's right there in front of your face. Mm-hmm. You know, just work on that. Don't worry about the rest of it. And it's like me and the talk radio. Uh, there was nothing I could do about who got elected president and who didn't and mm-hmm. what this guy's doing or what that guy's doing. So I'll just work on my part. And, and if I, you know, cause some people can see their path to that and maybe they will be president. Wouldn't it be great if we had a, a president who felt it was doing things like there was an intentionality that was in tune with the universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, like, but I think, I believe that God gave us all the stuff we need. Yeah. And it's just up to us to do our part. Yeah. Yeah. And so comes right back to your intentionality thing, but your why, the, the why behind your intentionality, why are you doing that? Is that baked into your DNA and who you are and your emotions? Or is that because you're striving to be something that you're not? Yeah. So, and, that's you, know, you can intentionally strive to be something that you're not, mm-hmm. or you can intentionally strive to be all that you can be, right? Army. I okay. I literally have so many places I want to go with that. <laughs> you said so many things that yeah. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, this, if, you, if you want to write them down and we can do we can continue. We this. I honestly I probably will. We can continue this on the phone or everything. You know, as, as you go back to school, but I'm having a ball, Brian. This has been just so fun. This is fantastic. This has been fun. Yeah. I actually am gonna write all these things down that have come through my head. Just in that yeah, la- yeah. in that last like I don't even know how long it was like <laughs> ten minutes maybe. Yeah. I there's so many things that I'm just like I need to go on with you about these. Yeah. But I don't want to keep you uh yeah. too much longer. So uh. I'll bring it full circle and uh, we'll 
we'll have to sit down again or do something or I'll just talk to you on the phone. It doesn't even have to be a podcast. Yeah. I just want to talk to you about these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, good. Well, you, no, we can record them because I think there's a lot of value here because we're 50 years apart. I'm 50 years older than you. Yeah. You're 71, right? Yeah. Yeah. When I'm version 7.1. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. Right? 7.1. Yeah. At age 60, I, I started to, uh, I decided I didn't like the age thing because there was this connotation that the older you get, the slower you get. So I just realized that every year I got better. So I mm -hmm. decided to um, um, say I was version 6.0. Mm -hmm. And every year I come out with a, a, new, with version. a new version. Yeah. And we, um, I, I work out a few bugs, you know, and retire a few uh, old features and add a few new features. I, that's so funny <laughs> to me. That's literally so funny. Yeah, and uh, we're coming out with a new one in October. Oh, that's yeah. exciting! Yeah. Anything yeah. on the anything that the uh, uh, consumers should be looking forward to? Well, uh, the, the reveal is that uh, that uh, you asked about books before. I think what I'm going to introduce to to, the, to our our client community mm -hmm. at our family appreciation event this idea of capable living. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, I I just think it's a breakthrough because there's one little graphic in the book where they have somebody who's striving and and there's a picture of a person in a bubble. And they're and they're striving to get something that's out there. Mm -hmm. And then the other the the uh, the counter picture is uh, somebody who's working on their unique ability, and it just has them expanding from within. And the picture of the striving in the bubble, trying to get out, and the picture of expanding from within. I just think there's a, a lot there. Uh, it's a it's a mind shift, mm -hmm. particularly in our in our day and age with. Uh, you know, all the bombardment of this FOMO mm -hmm. thing that's that's going on, you know. Any people that you meet that are grounded, they just know who they are. They know what they want. They know what they can do. They know what they can't do. And I think people that are happy, happiest, are the ones that are constantly working on how they can increase their contribution based on their natural talents. So. Beautiful. There you go. I'm going to cut it there. Thank right, you for yeah. having it. Yeah. Thank you for coming on to my yeah. podcast. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for coming over. What a great idea. And you are, really have a capability of interviewing. You really do. I mean, I'm just this knocks me out that you, uh, that you put all this together. You were prepared. Uh, you knew what you wanted to do. You kept me on track. You made it easy. Yeah. You were just flowing. I was I'm like, I'm I'm happy this is this being recorded because like I could not write notes fast enough if yeah. I wanted to during this. I'd be like, this is so much good information, and yeah. I just get to listen to it over and over again if I well, want. Obviously, I've been waiting for a microphone for a long time. Yeah, you just needed you just needed your moment to shine, and you just found it. So well, no, this is great. This is great, Brian. Uh, Brian and the fact that you know we've known each other so long, and you know we're so comfortable with each other. You can't just do this with uh, with anybody. So, yeah. <laughs> I need to check that out. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. And there you have it. That was Buddy Thomas. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you listened to today, please share it with uh, friends or family or whoever you think could really benefit from listening to this. And until next time, have a great day.